0: Good evening. Wow, thank you. Thanks. I am Hannah, the Connections Pastor here at Shakopee Campus, and I have the privilege of sharing with you tonight and so humbled to be able to do so. Um, before I get started, I love telling you a little bit about me so you know who it is that's talking to you. So a little bit about me. Um, I am the Connections Pastor. I'm married to Chris, the handsome guy that was up here just now, that's my husband. We have four beautiful children who you're gonna see on the the screen here. Three girls and one little guy, Bo at the end. He is a hunk, I love him. And some people agree with me, he is edible, okay? If you've been in the baby room, if you watched him, you taste a bite of his cheek and you just wanna keep eating, he's delicious. So, um, but I'm more than just wife and mom. I have some hobbies, some passions. I love my work here in the local church. It's one of the greatest things I do every week. Um, But when I'm not here, what I like to do is watch movies. That's one of my favorite things, especially um, time period pieces. So like anything, masterpiece, anything. Who's with me? Okay, there's some guys in the room too, right? Right, Mike, yeah. Masterpiece classic, masterpiece mystery. Anything masterpiece, it's masterful. So that's me. Um, Cooking, I enjoy to cook. I especially enjoy eating. Uh, Especially if someone else has done the cooking, I really enjoy eating that food. And anything new, I love to try new things. So traveling is something fun for me. Um, Getting on a plane, doing global trips, I just enjoy experiencing as many cultures and sights and sounds. Even trying things out in the good old state of Minnesota, uh, I like trying new things. So that's a little bit about me. Um, I did graduate from North Central University, which is just a a university right downtown Minneapolis. And I graduated with a business degree and a license to preach. And so that's what I'm going to do tonight. Are you ready? Awesome. So tonight we're talking about doors. And as I've been studying and preparing for this, I've been asking myself a question that I want to ask all of us tonight, and that I feel God's truth is going to answer for us. And the question is how do we know what doors are open for us? How do we know if we're walking through the right doors? How do you know if what you're pursuing in life is an open door that God's given before you or that you've pushed open yourself? And there's so many, op- there's so many doors in life, right? There's the open doors, that's the ones we want, but there's also times in your life where you've experienced closed doors. Or maybe there's too many doors and it's overwhelming with how many opportunities you're faced with and how many decisions you need to make and it's door after door after door. And how do you know? Am I going through the doors God's presented or am I pushing through doors? There's also one of my favorites, the revolving door, right? The door where you're just like this. This is my life, here I am. How do I get out of this revolving door, right? If you Google revolving door or stuck in a door, That will not disappoint you, okay? You're going to want to do that. But life is like that sometimes. You feel like you're on this door. It's a cycle that you can't get out of. And just so I don't annoy anyone further, taking that off. Okay? There we go. Sorry about that. So the revolving door, the open door, the closed door, the too many doors, what we want are the open doors in life. And decisions to be made with purpose we want doors to be made with confidence that we're walking through those doors confidently and on purpose and here's the truth that I really believe we're going to discover tonight and or be reminded of and the truth is this God not only wants to open doors for you God is the door for you and when we know him and live our life in him and with him we walk through open doors that's what his truth says He opens doors for us. And in John chapter 10, it says this. So Jesus said to them again, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. Jesus is saying that. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. And so to understand this concept, this analogy that Jesus is using about him being the door and us being the sheep, I want to describe a little bit of culture of that day. And in that ancient culture, shepherds were a very well-known and respected position. And shepherds would tend their flock through the day. Oftentimes they were out there in the pasture with their flock, taking care of them by day. But they also needed to be with the flock in the evening. And so what they would do is find a cave similar to this image that you see, a cave where they could put their sheep in and take care of them. Or sometimes they would even build their own sheep pen, something like this. And you'll see in that sheep pen that there's, it's all walled off. Nobody's jumping out, but they have the door that's open there. And what the shepherd would do is put himself in that opening as the door. He literally became the door so that the sheep couldn't get out through the night, that if the, if the sheep tried to trample over him, he was going to wake up and be alerted. But he also stood there as a guard to the door so that the wolves and other animals couldn't get in to attack. And he, Jesus is saying, I am the, the door. I am your shepherd, and I'm the door, and I'm protecting you. I'm protecting you, and I'm making sure that I'm standing in that door for you, that nothing's gonna get to you, but that I'm also the door that's gonna be able to open up for you, that when you need to get out and find pasture, when you need to go get your food for the day, when you need to graze and find rest, I'm gonna open the door for you. The shepherd would never stay there all day and make the the sheep stay in the pen. He always let them get out and find rest and pasture. And Jesus is telling us, I'm the door. And he's saying you're my sheep and I want to open the door for you. I want to lead you to the pasture. And Jesus is the shepherd who protects and he does this through his salvation for us. And there's going to be an opportunity towards the end of the night for you if you've not accepted Jesus and and answered that call for him to be your protector and your savior to watch over you and to lead you through open doors there's going to be an opportunity for you at the end of the night to do that because Jesus says in John chapter 14 I am the way the truth and the life and no one enters to the father except through me we get into God's kingdom through Jesus He's the door that leads us into God's kingdom. It's not through your good works. It's not through your dedication as an infant. It's not even through your confirmation in your teenage years. It's not through being a good person and showing up to church religiously. It's through Jesus and that relationship that we have with him. And so um, it's an exciting thing to be found in Jesus and to know him. So this is a, it's such an important truth that we grab hold of that he's the door and it's important now, but it was important thousands of years ago when he, when these scriptures were written and it was so important in fact, and, and kind of misunderstood that it's been debated for thousands of years who Jesus is and who gets, who gets salvation, Who has access to Jesus as the door? Um, It's this idea that salvation is for all and comes through acceptance as Jesus' truth has been highly debated. And in fact, a debate among Jews that we've read about in Scripture. And maybe you haven't known that you've been reading about a highly debatable topic in Scripture, and we're going to kind of talk on that. Because on on one group, you have... the, The debate is between two groups. One group of believers who followed the way, and the way is Jesus, as we just read in John. I am the way, the truth, and the life. One group of believers is saying, all right, in order to really be saved, you have to follow Jesus, but you also need to be circumcised. All right, and men and women, you have to follow specific traditions and Jewish cultures, and you, so even if you are a Gentile and you're, you're 50 years old and you decide, I wanna follow Jesus, this group of people were saying, all right, 50-year-old male, come to my house at 7 p.m. and we'll circumcise you. And then you can be saved. And then also follow this way of eating and only eat these certain foods and then you can be saved. So there's one group of believers that is saying, this is the way to be a Christ follower. And then there's another group of believers who are following Jesus and following his truth and living in him and they're saying, no, Jesus said it's for everyone, that the door is wide open, that you don't have to be a Jew to be, um, to live this way, but the door is wide open. Come one and come all. Salvation is for you. If you confess it with your mouth and believe it in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you've accepted salvation. So this... Debate is ongoing, and, it's, and the tension is thick, and, and the, the Jews and the Gentiles, they're kind of living in this tension. Um, and so Jesus wanted to address it. He wants to address it. He doesn't want you to live with a question of where you're at with him. He doesn't want you to live in a a place between following rules and rights and wrongs and and just following him. He wants there to be clarity. He wants to open the door of truth for us. And so he did that. Um, When when I was studying and reading through these things, one thing that stuck out to me in a scripture that we're going to read is that between these two groups of people, one was kind of focused on the attitude of their heart was more on do's and don'ts do this, don't do that. Follow this rule, and then you'll be okay. And the other groups, the attitude of their heart was more on relationship. Just be with Jesus. Know Jesus. Follow his word. Do what he says. Be with Jesus. And that really stuck out to me because of this. When the attitude of my heart hinges on do's and don'ts, it kind of narrowly keeps my door open, the door of my heart open. It's kind of a narrow door that you feel like you can only get in, you're kind of sliding in through this crack in the door that you've opened because you have to follow the right rules and the do's and don'ts. But when the attitude of my heart is all about relationship and relationship with Jesus, that swings the door wide open for me. Because how do you do a relationship with someone? The best way to do it is just to get in there and do it. Your best friend doesn't tell you how to be a best friend. Your best friend is just your best friend because it's mutual, because it's back and forth, because you're figuring it out as you go along, and you're having a blast doing it. And that's what Jesus is saying. Just get in here and figure this relationship thing out with me. Let's have fun doing it. Don't worry about the rules. Don't worry about the do's and the don'ts. We'll, we'll figure that out as we go along. And that's what Jesus is essentially saying. And what I wanna propose is that our open door, the doors that we walk through that God has presented before us, as we step in them and walk through them, it's gonna to lead to greater relationship that behind every God-open door is greater relationship. And not just with God, but with people, with the people he's placed in our life. And I think that's a beautiful thing that God made available to us, that he says, I'm gonna open this door for you, come one, come all, let's figure it out, and I'm not gonna just make you do it by yourself, but behind that open door, you're gonna find someone to do it with you. That's fun, that's exciting, that is the way to live for Christ. So what open door do we need to walk through? Maybe there's an open door of just neighborly kindness. Maybe there's an open door of um, forgiveness that you need to walk through that's gonna open up a relationship for you. And regarding the scripture, who was, who was right in those two groups of people? Who, who was right about the way to approach salvation and, and who it was for? And we're going to talk about that. If you have your Bibles or you can read it on the screen, we're going to hone in on Acts chapter 10. And this is the message version. And it's Peter talking to a group of Jews and Gentiles. They're all sitting in the same room. And this is what he says to them. It's God's own truth. Nothing could be plainer. God plays no favorites. It makes no difference who you are or where you're from. If you want God and are ready to do as he says, the door is open. The message he sent to the children of Israel that through Jesus Christ, everything is being put together again, well, he's doing it everywhere, among everyone. I love this part in scripture where it says, Jesus doesn't play favorites. That's a relief. That's a relief. Jesus doesn't have favorites. The door is open for you no matter where you're from, or who you are, no matter your background, no matter your history, no matter your cultural beliefs and what you grew up thinking, Jesus doesn't play favorites. He loves us. He loves you. And he plays fair. This is, a, this is such good news for us because not only is he not playing favorites, he's loving us all equally, but he's telling us exactly how to walk through the open doors. He's not giving someone clues that I don't have. He's not telling Susie, my neighbor, how to walk through every open door, but keeping that hidden from me. He's playing fair, and this is how he's playing fair. He's telling us exactly how to get to the open doors. He's saying, if you want me, and you're willing to do what I say, the door is open. But some of us in this room, myself included, some of us feel like God does play favorites, that the door is always open for everyone else, but it doesn't open for me that so-and-so seems to always get what she prays for and I never have a prayer answered? Or why does she get the promotion? Why does he get the job that I've put in for time and time again and I'm still here? The doors always seem to be closed and we, we wanna think that God loves someone else more than he loves me and that is not truth. That's a lie. And that's a lie that will keep you behind a closed door. And God has truth for you tonight that whatever you have been praying for and asking for, when you can show him your desire and your obedience, the door is going to be opened for you. And I'm not making that up. We're reading that from God's own truth. Nothing could be plainer, as it says. So God doesn't play favorites. He plays fair, and he's telling us exactly what to do because the verse in Acts says these two things. If you want God and are ready to do as he says. So your desire for God and your obedience to him will open the door. Does God know that you want him? Does your desire tell God, I want you? Does the way you're spending your time tell God that you desire him? Does the way you're spending your resources, tell God that you desire him? Does your obedience tell God that you're ready to do what he says? Or do you kind of look like this? Or maybe like this? I'm not budging. Right? We get that attitude sometimes. I know I do. I can be a little stubborn sometimes. Tell me I'm not alone. Thank you. Has he spoken something to you that you are just flat out ignoring? Just not going to go there. Not going to do it. Are you holding back forgiveness to someone that needs your forgiveness? Are you holding back yourself from someone that could use your friendship or just a little bit of your time? A little bit of you could go a long way with someone who doesn't have a friendship or a relationship with Jesus because you could be Jesus to them. Does your desire and your obedience show God you're ready to do what he says, that you're ready? So. How do we know if the door that's there that, the, that God's presenting to us is an open door? And I want to share just three ways that tell us, that can help us determine that. First one is that the door that God opens will never contradict his word. That when God puts something before you, if, if you kind of push into it a little bit, you should be able to back it up in God's word. The door before you should never contradict what God puts in his word. The door that God opens will be accompanied by confirmation that two or three witnesses or the people, your brothers and sisters in the, in the body of Christ, should be able to affirm and confirm what God's put before you and say, amen, I see that, I believe that. You should forgive. You should reach out to that person in need. And the third thing is that the door that God opens will require you to depend on him. And that's tricky Because sometimes we're more comfortable just trusting ourselves and our own abilities. But God is asking us, swing open the door, walk through it, and trust that I'm going to take care of you along the way. And I believe that God tonight wants to give confirmation to many of us that he's knocking on the door of your heart and he's asking you to step out in an area and he wants to confirm that. And the beautiful thing is that we've set up our service in such a way that each week, if God's knocking on something or speaking something to your heart, we have a team of prayer members down here ready to affirm and confirm and speak truth over what God's stirring in your heart. And in fact, a couple weeks ago, we had an opportunity where we just asked people from from all over to come forward and and receive prayer. And maybe you were here that weekend and it was covered, people, just hundreds of people lined up to receive prayer. And then Pastor Chris said, now I want my prayer team members and my deacons and pastors to come and start praying for people all across the altar. And so I stepped out and I started praying for um, people, and I started down at this end, and as I was praying, I really felt God just stirring on me to pray for someone specific, a young man, and I kind of was ignoring the knock on the door, like, oh, that might be weird for him, he's a young man, what if he doesn't want an old woman praying for him, that's weird, I don't know if I should, and I couldn't, I couldn't ignore it. So I just went up and I gently put my arm around his shoulder and I said, this could be awkward, but I'm gonna pray for you. I know your mom, so I think it'd be okay. (laughs) Threw the mom card out, always works. And so I prayed for him and as I'm praying for him, I felt the Lord give me something very specific to pray for him. And I had had not a clue of what was going on in his life and what he was going through, but I, I went ahead and prayed the prayer and I got done and just said amen. A couple weeks later, Chris met with this young man, and the young man said, um, kind of shared what was going on in his life, and that God had been stirring his heart towards ministry, and he said, your wife actually prayed for me a couple weeks ago, and she read my mail. What she prayed was exactly what God needed to confirm in me and give me the confidence to move forward, and this has nothing to do with me being a pastor or being some holier-than-thou person and everything with me being obedient And knowing that God had put something on my heart that I needed to walk through that door. And I'm going to tell you, each and every one of you in this room could have done the same thing. And God will ask you to do the same thing. He doesn't reserve that privilege just for pastors. He reserves it for the sheep in his church who he's saying, be the church, answer the knock at the door, and make a difference with the people around you. Okay. Thank you. But what keeps us from walking through those doors? What keeps us from answering that call? And I think there's three things. I think fear is the biggest factor. That we're afraid of what's behind the door. We don't know what we're gonna find. (laughs) Oh, I don't wanna pray with someone, so I'm not gonna ask about that. Okay, so fear, that's a legitimate thing. Um, my My ability to give in to fear will keep me from doing what God wants to do in someone else's life. In Matthew 7, 7, ask and it will be given, seeking you will find, knock and the door will be open. I do wanna challenge us to ask, seek and knock and be confident that what God puts behind that door, you are able to do. He's equipped you, he's prepared you and he has great things behind that door because God's a good God. He's not gonna give you something behind that door that's gonna be more than you can handle. In fact, it's gonna be everything that you don't even know you would want in life, but he's prepared it for you and it's gonna be good. So begin asking, begin knocking, begin seeking, and let God show you what's behind that door. If you would've told me three months ago in June that I would be a pastor on staff and preaching, I would've said, never gonna happen. Not ever. Not possible. And, but God started stirring something in my heart, and I began praying again about a dream he put on my heart. And when I did that, he opened doors rather quickly, and I'm shocked to be here and super pleased and humbled. But when you begin asking again, God brings dreams back. He opens those doors, so keep asking. The second thing is lack of faith. Our faith, our lack of faith, can keep us from pursuing those open doors. And Acts 14 says this, and this is Peter, a few chapters from Acts 10, this is Peter speaking about his experience with the Jews and the Gentiles. He says, on arriving there, they gathered the church together and reported all that God had done through them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. So Peter responded to an open door that he himself had to share God's salvation and truth with more Gentiles, and through that, faith began to spread. When you step in faith to the doors that God has for you, that's going to spread, and more people are going to step into their own faith relationship, into their own journey. So, faith is a requirement for knocking on that door, And I believe God wants to rise faith up in this room. He wants us to dream big and then let our faith lift us up to that place where our dream is. If your dream is way far out there, you need faith to rise you up and lift you there. And so he wants tonight to speak faith to you. He doesn't want you to come in the same and go out the same as you came. He wants, if you're in a place where you lack faith, Get down here tonight and ask a prayer team member to pray for you to be increased in faith. That's what God has for us. The third thing is disobedience. Disobedience will keep us from walking through those doors. And we've talked about it a little bit. But sometimes, because we're human, and because humans are sometimes stupid, it's true, because I know from my own stupidity, that I sometimes think that my way is better. Our way is not better. My way is not better. And the Bible is so good to show us over and over again times that people thought that and where he proved them wrong. And he's good to show us that. And Jonah and the Ninevites is one great example because Jonah was asked by God to go to Nineveh, a city where they desperately needed to hear about God's truth and love. And Jonah said, uh, nope not going to do that. He had that posture, you know? No. Not listening to you. So what did Jonah do? He got in a boat, which God wanted him to do, but he went the opposite way. And we do that. Sometimes there's something standing right in front of us, a door that we can walk through, and we just straight up turn around and ignore it, like not, gonna, not even there. Finding another door. And Jonah... You can go and read about what Jonah did with the Ninevites, but long story short, he about lost his own life. His disobedience almost cost him his own life, but more importantly, it almost cost people eternity. If Jonah would have never made it to Nineveh, I don't want to say they would have never heard about God's truth because God would have figured it out. He's a great, he's a great God. He wouldn't have left the Ninevites stranded. But through Jonah, people came to know God's love. They came to know his truth. Our disobedience keeps people and ourselves from knowing God's truth. What has your disobedience kept you from? Who has your disobedience kept you from? So I want all of us to close our eyes. Because as we close... I wanna bring us to the most important door that we'll walk through in our life and it's that door of salvation I talked about in the beginning. The one that's open for everyone. It's open for everyone. And it's maybe as plain as day for you tonight that Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart and he wants to offer his salvation to you. Maybe tonight, you're recognizing that you don't have that relationship with Jesus in the way that God wants you to have it. And so I'm not going to embarrass you, but I am going to ask you to raise your hands because we want to pray for you. If that's you, if you want to accept salvation and say, Jesus, I don't want to do it my own way. I don't want to live life without you. Would you raise your hand? And we're going to pray together. Maybe some of you, as I've talked about closed doors and open doors and revolving doors, maybe you came in in one of those spots. And tonight you desperately need God to confirm something that's happening in your life. Maybe you are facing a door and you don't know if it's a God door or if it's a door you're trying to push open yourself. Maybe some of you are so tired of walking through that revolving door, you feel like your life is just an endless cycle that you can't seem to figure out how to get out of. And God wants to bring clarity to you tonight. He wants to speak truth to your heart tonight and he wants to confirm what, he, what direction you're to move forward in. And if that's you, if any of that applies to you, would you just raise your hand so we can pray with you? Hands all over. And I'd like us all to stand together. We're gonna pray and we're gonna worship. And I wanna ask our prayer team members to come forward at this time because I want you to see the faces of people who have been praying for you. The faces of people who are willing to pray with you tonight. And just as a sign of surrender and humility, with our eyes closed, would you lift your hands and just say, God, I desire you and I'm ready to do what you say. And God, I pray for those who lifted their hands, who are facing a door and maybe don't know how to walk through it, or are on a revolving door that they wanna get off of, but God, they need your truth to know what direction to move in is this you god or is this myself and so father we stand here humbly before you god we desire you more than anything else and we're ready to do what you say so would you speak to us tonight father god would you speak to our hearts we are asking we are knocking and we are seeking and god we know because your word tells us that you will speak that we will find you and you will let us out to find rest and peace and hope. And we praise you and we thank you for that.